This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. This episode contains swear words and puppets. Ah! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hello, I'm Maddie. Hello, Maddie. I'm Jess. <laughs> Should we jump into it? Yeah. Are you ready? You sound scared. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've. I've intellectually prepared. I've done my research. I don't know if I've emotionally prepared. Um, I'm I'm frightened. <laughs> but that's Listeners, because you sent. Beware. <laughs> I'm only frightened because Maddie has sent me some visual aids, um, which we'll also put on the Instagram. Yep. Yep. As we go throughout this, Jess, I will get mm. you to look at the images, and I think we play a fun game where you just describe what they look like and don't say their names, and then I will be like, it's so-and-so, and our audience will be able to play along with us. Great, because some of these images, I don't know who they are. I just know yeah. that I'm frightened. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, on that note, um, let's get into it. So I'm weirdly qualified for this particular topic. Um, <laughs> I guess I should explain why. <laughs> or, may, or also, what, what's the topic? Oh, yeah, that's probably mm. good. So I wanted to do puppetry in children's shows in Australia, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sounds specific, but it is... Prolific. (laughs) Yeah, it is extensive. And there's one Mm. main offender. There's one um, particular national broadcaster that has done this (laughs) to us all, Um, especially while you and I and maybe the generation before us were kids. But, Mm. yeah. And I I have a particularly invested interest in this uh, because... In Australian children's puppetry. In, in puppetry, puppetry in Australia yes. in general, mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I am born of puppeteers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My parents were the Parable People, which were Australian puppeteers that toured around regional remote New South Wales and Queensland, spreading the word of the Lord via puppetry and drama. <laughs> for a long time there in the 90s while most Mm. of this stuff happened and then I always thought that was a bit lame because you think what your parents do is lame they had a series of puppets and like they'd go to churches and schools and some of them were so well known that people would be like is so-and-so gonna be here today and my dad had this one character called uh, macaroni which was a mime character and people would be like is macaroni coming today knowing for well that it's my dad and my dad would be like I don't know I heard a rumor and then <laughs> like he would leave the service halfway through the service and then my mum would you know read a book to the children and then she would be like hang on 
is that who I think it is down the back there? <laughs> like they had this whole pantomime routine and it would go off. Like people would cheer and be stoked that it was happening. So that was my childhood, which is um, really weird. Um, I would like to jump in at this point and yeah. point out that I remember yes. Maddie's parents. I remember uh-huh. the parable people yeah. Um they're you know family friends of my aunt and uncle um but I don't I don't remember Maddie as a child we had parallel childhoods but I remember I mean same (laughs) I don't remember any parables yeah but I remember the puppets this was so widespread that I have in my past gone on dates with people and then partway through the conversation they've been like oh I'm from this place and I've been like oh I've been there once and then we found out that they also grew up in the church as a child and then they're like, oh, the parable people. And I'm like, well, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> um, no you second do, date, please. You do have a habit of dating people and then discovering that they are either puppeteers or mimes or have a history of. So Every single person I've been in a relationship with has been a puppeteer. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> Often I find out post. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I once puppeteered in this thing. And I'm like, ah, mm. anyway. So that's good. And now I write for a puppet company. (laughs) Um, Generations. Yeah, I write theatre and I write visual theatre. So anyway. So funny. I just feel like I've just told you all my personal life story. So let's jump into the history of puppetry in Australian children's television. Hooray. Yay. Just Mm. will you bring up our first image, please? All right. Well, would you like me to describe what I can see? Visually describe what you can see. And listeners, as you hear the description, maybe take a guess at who it may be. Okay. So it's a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Full marks. (laughs) It is my least favourite type of puppet. It is a marionette. Mm. Although this Mm -hmm. is a marionette that I'm not afraid of. It's a Mm -hmm. rare one. So marionette being the ones that like dangle on strings. Yep. Also my least favourite. Yeah, there's a nice, like, blue background. It's a little dude, little person. He's got kind of, like, the sort of hands that Mickey Mouse does. He's wearing, like, a yellow kind of smock and yellow shoes, like an elf. He's got a red bow tie, blue hair, big eyes, pointy hat, long red nose, which is, in fact, a pencil. Ding, ding, ding. It's Mr. Squiggle. It is indeed. Mr. Squiggle. Mm-hmm. which was Australia's longest-running kids' TV series. It ran from the 1st of July in 1959 to the 9th of July in 1999. That's a really long time. 40 years, yeah, and has been rebroadcast since, but, mm. yeah, and same, 40 years. Same puppeteers, right? Not necessarily. We will mm-hmm. get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because that's a long time. You're going to have some kind of RSI. (laughs) That's a a real thing. Puppet shows, uh, people. Mm. Yep, that's a whole thing. Anyway, it was broadcast on the ABC and it started as. The main offender. Yeah, the main (laughs) offender. Um, Literally all bar one in this Mm. situation. But it started as a five minute TV slot and then increased up to a one-and-a-half-hour variety TV show. Wow. Yeah, that's like, that's a long time, Mm. 90 minutes. But, yes, as observed, Jess, he was a marionette puppet. Mr. Squiggle lived on the moon and had a pencil 
for a nose. And he would come and visit Earth and he'd visit his friends on Earth um, via his pet rocket Mm. called Rocket. And he lived at 93 Crater Crescent, which I think is quite nice. It all makes me feel quite calm. Mm. Yeah. He was created and performed by Norman Hetherington, uh, known as Heth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this guy was actually like a, a quite well-renowned artist in his own right. He had a mm. Medal of the Order of Australia. Like he's, yeah, a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he originally, Mr. Squiggle originally appeared on the Children's TV Club on ABC TV before he had his own show. Hmm. And the premise of his own show is was that uh, kids would send in squiggles, which were dots, lines, random shapes basically, and Mr. Squiggle would complete them on an hmm. easel. So he'd use his nose to kind of turn them into something else. Uh, hmm. He had an assistant at all times and they they cycled through a series of different assistants over the time because it was 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Heth was the um, puppeteer for like 20, 30 years and then mm. I think the last 10 years there was someone else but I couldn't find out who it was. But his assistants were uh, Miss Gina, Miss Pat, who was actually Pat Lavelle who produced uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock and Gallipoli. Oh, wow. <laughs> like an AFI award-winning, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Miss Jane, Miss Roxanne, and Rebecca, which is actually Heth's daughter, which is kind yes. of Yes, I was say, yeah. I thought it was a family thing. Family affair, yeah. Mm. Um, and basically, like, Squiggle, Mr. Squiggle would just fix these drawings. They would kind of help and describe, and they would all have these kind of cheeky banter between each other. And occasionally, Mr. Squiggle would go on spacewalks. Like he would kind of bounce away and be like, spacewalk, spacewalk. Yeah. And she would have to steer him back and be like, no, 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 finish your drawing. You might remember the phrase upside down, upside mm. down, because the drawing was pretty much always done upside down and they would have to flip it. And the reason, the yeah. yes, because it's a marionette, which means that he would have been standing kind of behind the easel and over and looking mm-hmm. at it upside down. Which is wild. Like it's genuinely really cool. Yeah, I watched some videos to be like how it's pretty impressive to draw with a marionette. Like it's, yeah. that's that's going to take some practice. Mm. So. Wow. Yeah, other characters included Blackboard, the mm-hmm. grumpy Blackboard. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, which he would use as the easel and so he would put the drawing on top of his face and Blackboard would be like, hurry up, oh. and boring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Are you just having this style to flash? Oh, yeah, no, I remember time? all of this and I loved yeah. it. And because we used to do squiggles, like that's an activity we do with mum. I think I would still happily do them. No, I, I still sometimes <laughs> do in my work with young people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll bring it back. Mm, okay. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, there was Gus the snail who had a TV for a shell. Oh. Yeah. And then later, like a flower pot. Mm, I remember. A he, yeah. Flower pot. Yeah, he would tell jokes, so knock-knock jokes and stuff like that. So it's quite gentle. It was very gentle. And then the last um, mate, there was a few others, but the last kind of other main puppet was Bill the Steam Shovel, who would tell very, (laughs) yeah, I know, who would tell really corny jokes. Like Mm. Gus would tell actually funny jokes and Bill would tell really corny jokes. And then he would laugh at his own jokes. And when he did, 
um, steam would come out of his nose, which was talcum powder. What's a steam shovel? A steam shovel is, I'm actually going to Google. Exactly like was he a is. shovel or was he some sort of machinery? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a type of machine. It looks kind of like a digger. Mm. Yeah. It's just a shovel that's powered by steam, but it's a big okay. mechanical digger. Big shovel. Uh, in February 20, <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, maybe he helped to dig craters on the moon or something. Yeah, okay. I'm sure we could do a rewatch and find mm. out. If you know and you're listening, <laughs> let us know. In February 2019, the Royal Australian Mint released a series of $2 coins to mark the 60th anniversary. Um, and they featured images of Squiggle himself, Gus the Snail, Bill the Steam Shuffle, and Blackboard. I have never come across one of these $2 coins. I mean, I rarely come no. across a $2 mm. coin anyway. But if someone has one, mm. I want to see, I want that coin. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay yeah. more than $2 for that $2 coin. <laughs> I've never seen them either. Yeah, so that's Mr. Squiggle. Very mm. nice. Happy yeah. memories. We're going to delve into something else for mm. a moment. Because it's uh, like Mr. Squiggle, you know, it's creative thinking and it's quite, it's very yeah. gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why it was so successful. And it was mm. genuinely funny. Yeah. Like the characters are genuinely funny. So mm. they had a good thing going. Yeah. Would you like to go to the next image, Jess? Um, <laughs> yes and no. Ah, no. Okay. <laughs> so nice pink gra- background. Um, it's a bit of a glamour shot. Um, it, it's wearing people clothes. It's got like a orange jacket, I guess, over a button up. There's sneakers, which are Reebok. Um, big red nose, scary teeth, only bottom teeth. Um, furry brown face, big eyes, enormous. I mean, it's an eyelid, but I think it's meant to be a monobrow. <laughs> yes, you have successfully mm. described aggro. Mm. Mm-hmm. The teeth are him? really, really unsettling. Well, there's a reason why they are, and I'll get to that. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that a bit later. There's actually a very specific reason. Um, so that's good. So aggro is a multifaceted TV personality, as you may remember. So Agro's cartoon connection was the um, original kids show Mm -hmm. that he was on, which was on Channel 7. However, his career really took many, many turns, if you remember. So Agro was some kind of monster. Mm. Don't really That's clear to me. No. Yeah, and the reason why he's a little bit uncanny valley, a bit cooked in the face, Mm. (laughs) is because he's actually an altered version of the vintage 1978 puppet of Animal from The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. So he's like a a rip-off. Yeah, so someone literally took Animal and think of the hair on Animal and, like, rip Mm. that off, and then they slightly altered the mouth as well. So that's literally what they did. They've just butchered a Muppet. Yeah, animal specifically. Because mm. it looks to me like I would have believed you if you were just like, those are human teeth. <laughs> yeah. Well, Like that's no. why they're really creepy. No, yeah. I'm glad to hear. They literally just took animal and they were like, well, 
that'll be fine. No, that will not come back no. to bite us at all. Um, and he's named after the word aggro, so mm. slang for aggression, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, started as a kid's character. But then as time progressed, aggro hosted slash co-hosted slash guest appeared on a billion different shows. So started with, I'm just going to list through these because there's mm-hmm. actually so many. So there was Boris's Breakfast Club, Wombat, Agro's Cartoon Connection, which was his main show, Super Sunday Show and Perfect Match. And then he also a guest appeared on the Don Lane Show, Everybody, Hey Dad, Hey Hey It's Saturday, Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud, The Main Event, Talk with the Animals, Concentration, and The Daily Edition. Why? He was really popular. He was a celebrity. Like, he was a really big deal. Like, the imagery is burned into my brain from my childhood. Mm. Um, Jim Henson has a lot to answer for. Well, does he? Or Well, I mean, it's who? A, who, the person who <laughs> took the puppet. Yeah. 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 So Agro's humour actually became quite adult-oriented. There was lots of uh, sexual innuendo, swearing, and just ruckus behaviour. He would usually appear with a female offsider who who was meant to be kind of this, like, innocent, not-knowing person that would Mm. become subject to his... Predatory, shitty behaviour. Quite creepy. (laughs) Yeah, Agro is probably cancelled. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so when they did stuff for a juvenile audience for a kid's show, they would often pre-tape stuff and then vet it. But in a lot of the adult shows, you know, it was a lot less censored. And so they kind of tried to do this dual, you know, there's there's kids Agro and adult Agro, you know, Agro up late. (laughs) Um, Just make another puppet, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so the puppet was originally performed by his creator, the guy who manipulated mon- uh, um, um, animal, I want to say mm. monster, and his name was Gary Rhodes. But mm-hmm. after – and he, he didn't play him for that long because he had a fallout with Channel 7 and then was replaced by Jamie Dunn. And Jamie Dunn is the guy who's famously known for puppeteering aggro and Mm. doing the sexual innuendo Mm. stuff. And and then they're actually, a couple of years into this, there was a court case between Rhodes and Dunn regarding the ownership of the puppet and the idea of the character, but a settlement was made out of court Mm. um, (laughs) where Channel 7 were like, no, we... We own that. And they did actually have to make more altercations to the puppet because, Mm. yeah, the Muppets were like, absolutely not. No, and fair enough. Yeah, especially because he did actually become quite well-known. Agro, his kids' show, won the most popular children's program at the Logies for 10 years running from 87 to 97. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. The puppeteer, so Jamie Dunn, could <laughs> open and close Agro's mouth and could also manipulate his eyebrows mm. using a, a lever, which was like a huge, well, eyebrow, you should yeah. say, which was a huge part of the act and also kind of allowed him to be quite suggestive and there was a lot of playing on, 
you know, he would say something to his female side and then he would say something direct addressed to camera and like Mm. his eyebrow and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was was a lot of kind of playing on that stuff. Um, That's burned in my brain. Yeah, and aggro is just not really a thing anymore. No. (laughs) Neither is Jamie Dunn. Yeah, Mm. he... He was a radio host as well and was a bit of a radio celebrity and he worked for B105 and before that he actually worked at Zinc 96, which was oh, a yeah. Sunshine Coast radio station. Mm. Um, and fun fact, he his son went to not the school I went to but a school that was on our bus route and we always knew if Jamie Dunn was there because he drove around this black car I think it might have been a Land Rover or something along those lines, covered in zinc stickers. Ah, there and you then, go. yeah, like plastered. And then famously, when Jamie Dunn left um, Zinc 96, it was like the next day or two days later, he rocked up at school and all of the stickers had been removed. And I still remember being on the bus being like, ah, oh, scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it probably wasn't a scandal, he just moved on to B- B105. But anyway. Yeah. And then he was actually pulled from B105 for an angry. Yeah, there was some stuff that happened. So, yeah, mm. Jamie Dunn and Agro are just not really kicking around. So no, they're anymore. a relic of a different time. Yeah. But that's fun. Mm. Would you like to go to the next image? Good God. Okay. Ah, all right. Okay, so this one um, <laughs> is good because I do have – some questions for Maddie, the expert, about like what makes a puppet, like what is uh-huh. a puppet versus an adult in yep. a costume. Um, yep. So, you know, to the untrained eye, this looks like, <laughs> you know, a room, mad carpet, there's a window, there's a cupboard, there's like a toy box, on top of which there's a <laughs> dead-eyed accordion, um, <laughs> an orange dinosaur, on the ground there's a robot, um, and there's also a pink elephant and there's a truck with a hat on and a really, really distressed looking hot water bottle. <laughs> uh, welcome to Johnson and Friends. Yes. <laughs> Another ABC crime running from Johnson... the 3rd of September 1990 to 10th of July 97. What were you going to say? I was going to say Johnson is kind of fine. It's the friends that I have. Yeah, Johnson, you need to make better friends. <laughs> oh, they're just troubled. Um, Would it make it more spooky to know that it was also shown in the UK and in the US and in the US they dubbed the accents? Oh, did they? That's strange. Yeah. yeah. It's, they do that often though. I know, but I just feel like this show in particular would be scarier in a bold That's American true. accent. Mm. Because they're toys. Johnson and Friends, they're all toys in a toy box. Um, They are toys in a toy box, yes. So when you're watching the show, it looks like they're the size of the toys. Yeah. We'll we'll discuss the techniques um, which empowered the showmakers to do that soon. Mm. But, yeah, so Johnson and Friends followed Michael's toys. Mm. So when Michael would um, go to sleep or leave his room, Johnson, the elephant, so the main, the alpha, mm. would be like, let's party and then get up to all sort of mischief. It's Toy Story essentially, but they don't leave the room. Yeah, it is. It's Toy Story even before Toy Story was a yeah. thing actually. Um, 
Yeah, and there was usually some kind of educational message to be had, but also just spooky times. If you want to not sleep tonight, I recommend looking up some footage of this television program. Uh, <laughs> according to several episode drafts, the, the actual physical scripts, the show was going to be called Toy Time. And it's good that it wasn't because, as you mentioned, Toy Story came out literally mm. in this exact period. So that's good. But there's yeah, a Jim just, Henson one as well, The Secret Life of Toys. Yeah. It's not Australian, obviously. It's a yeah. common common mm. idea. Yeah. But Johnson, uh, he he was kind of meant to be the mentor to his friends. Mm. He is the oldest and the wisest of the group, even though he can't count past one. Oh, I didn't yeah. remember that. It's, yeah, he's numerically illiterate but that's okay you know some people are Mm. mcduff is our blue and yellow concertina i think you'll find Mm, that's Mm -hmm. what am i right in remembering that like it's just like eyes and a mouth that don't move yeah they don't speak her oh yeah yeah her whole thing is like (laughs) <laughs> like that poor performer would just have to kind of bend forward and bend back and bend mm. to the side to show what they were doing, which is fun. And Macduff was known for being a bit silly and enjoying herself. Like she had liked to have fun. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And she was close friends with Diesel, who was the red toy truck mm-hmm. with the hat. Yep. And he would spend most of his time going broom, broom on the floor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very ochre. Yes, I'm remembering. Yep. And then my favourite is Mm. Alfred, the green hot water bottle. (laughs) Poor Alfred. (laughs) Um, The note I have here from this website that I was reading from, it's it's like (laughs) – They made a point of being like, which is technically not a toy, (laughs) which I think is quite funny. But he lived under the bed Mm. in like the darkest part of the room. He was very anxious. (laughs) Yeah, he was very anxious. Um, That's literally what it says here, Mm. neurotic and anxious and complains constantly. (laughs) Yeah, so his face wears like a quite distressed Mm. expression. Um, yeah, and he also had his own blanket, which he was oh, I do obsessed mm. with. Yeah. Alfred, bless him. Yeah. And then there was Squeaky, the black and red robot. Oh, yeah. Um, and she, she would guard the bedroom while mm-hmm. Michael was asleep um, and would sing to herself. That's yeah. nice. And she thought that the vacuum cleaner was her mum. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And there's a bunch of others as mm. well. There's like a whole suite of the dinosaur and stuff. Yeah, I think the dinosaur was Michael's sister's mm. slower moving yeah. toy. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> Johnson and Friends was created by Ron Saunders, who happened to be editing a documentary and stumbled across a puppetry troupe using a large scale truck puppet, and he got the idea. From that. So the technique that they use is that the set, so it's it's actually human people, human-sized humans mm-hmm. in suits. Yeah. And it's it's forced perspective slash like scale, working with scale mm. 
where the bedroom set has been built so that they look like small toys. Mm. Yeah. And um, if you read Wikipedia, someone has written as fact, this effect fooled many international buyers and there are people today who still do not understand how this was done, including me up until two days ago when I researched this episode and I had not watched Johnson and Friends since a child and I was like, oh, my God, it's people, it's people, it's not puppets. You read that as like one full quote from Wikipedia, but I'm sensing that midway through we moved to Maddie. Yeah, Maddie is the including me from there on. I literally did not know because wow. I saw it as a child and then I didn't watch it again until two days ago. Interesting. And I was being like, Jess. <laughs> um, yeah, and I still, I will still count it as puppetry because it is scaled object manipulation. And if it was theatre, if it was a play, it would be object or visual theatre, which we count as puppetry. Okay. Yeah, because it's not, it's not, yes, it is people in suits, but it's Mm. not people in suits playing characters in their own kind of real scale world. It's Mm. they're playing with props and stuff like that that are kind of beyond their scale and there there are elements of puppetry within it with how they use the props and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm counting it. Deal with it. If anyone wants to argue with me, send an email. Well, Big Bird is a puppet and that's there's someone in Big Bird. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people think of puppets as hand puppets or marionettes when actually it's so much more than that. But I will go into a spiel about mm. theatre dramaturgy that no one wants to hear. <laughs> um, I just, I'm amazed that it just, it just hadn't come across your desk, like that you hadn't known. I just, I don't know why it would have. I feel because like it came across mine as an adult. And I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, of course that made sense. Yeah. Frightening. Well, now I know. And I think because part of my young brain as a child must have been like, what's going on? I think because I liked Mm. the show and I watched it, but I was always a little bit unsure, I think, because I just didn't understand what was happening. Well, I mean, even without the puppetry technique, that's understandable. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Like I found the episode that I partially watched was um, old mate water bottle Alfred mm. hiding under the bed and I just saw this five seconds of them like shining a torch of him under the bed and he looks like he's a hostage and he's in yeah. a hostage situation. I was like, this is a lot. Anyway, I recommend having a watch on YouTube to anyone listening. So, mm. yeah. Uh, they had a theatre show as well with the actual real costumes that toured for several years. Mm. Um which is kind of nice, and there there were songs and puppetry and all sorts of nonsense in the show. Yeah, and then it wrapped up in '97. So that's there you go, Johnson and Friends. Mm. Now the next one arguably is not puppetry, but I've thrown it in as a cheeky bonus because it is iconic and one of our major exports as a nation. Would you like to describe mm. the image? <laughs> Well, because what makes this a costume? That's my question and makes the others a puppet. We'll get to that after you describe it because you'll spoil. Look, it's it's two fellows in (laughs) pyjamas, yellow shoes, yellow hands, yellow heads, a little bit of brown dongly thing on the top of the head, two eyes, no noses, little mouth. Um, They're bananas. It's B1 and B2. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're wearing pyjamas. 
It's the the bananas in pajamas. Mm. Not the d- cartoon one, the people, because it's cartoon no, now, which is tragic. the OG. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, look, there are elements of puppetry in this show, which is why I've kept it in because the magpies. Yeah, there are smaller characters. The way they use props and stuff like that. Huge puppetry vibes. Um, mm. So I would argue that there are massive elements of it in there, but it's not quite Johnson and Friends in that there's, you know, Johnson really was, we are utilizing massive props, but we're putting people inside the prop. Mm. And it's within a set that is built around these things. Whereas this is more like, it's, oh, it- these are human sized figures in a human-sized world but they happen to be bananas so let's dress up as bananas yeah everyone Does like that it's, make sense yeah because johnson and friends you even maddie the the you know the child the puppeteers <laughs> um johnson friends you didn't know that they were puppets whereas like you know there were people in there um yeah. whereas like bananas in pajamas and like the teddy bears and stuff it's like you know that there yeah. are people in there and they're humanoid yeah as well like they're mm. not they're not a prop of a thing they're a human shaped banana yeah. mm. <laughs> with arms and feet but that's okay mm. <laughs> we're, we're doing it because they're bloody iconic and shut up if you have any complaints i don't care anyway great show it I love first aired <laughs> it's an excellent content first aired on the 20th of july 1992 on the abc <laughs> year of my birth there we go yes yes Mm. yes and they're still kicking on uh that no new episodes are being made now but they're still being broadcast fun fact the pilot episode was called pink mug oh that's nice i'm sure it was about a pink mug Mm. anyway so they are two i can never say this anthropomorphic that's right bananas Mm. Named B1 and B2, which is why I don't count them so much as puppets because mm. they are people banana. Mm. Other characters include three bears, mm-hmm. Amy and Morgan, which are actually named after the creator's kids. That's nice. And Lulu, the third bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of the most iconic characters in Australian children's television, Rat in the Hat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they all live in the same cul-de-sac called Cuddles Avenue. Oh, I didn't remember that. I remember no, they were neighbours. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. Mm. And they live next to the beach and they serve oh. as the lifeguards. Oh, I didn't remember that either. Patrol. Yeah. And the teddies look after the park and the rat lives and works at the community store. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it's kind of like Neighbours or Home and Away, but mm. for children and with bananas. Yeah, and like <laughs> l- not even low stakes, no stakes. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, pink mug sounds yeah. sensational. <laughs> and I do uh, specifically remember like the magpie taking mm-hmm. things, you know, because that's what they do. Yes. They couldn't find their things. Yeah, and it would yeet things. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. Our famous quotes include, you can trust me, I'm a rat. Because mm. remember, rat and hat would be a bit cheeky. Yeah. And then the most famous quote would be, are you thinking what I'm thinking, B1? I think I am, B2. It's in brackets, 
time. So they'd be like, it's beach time or Mm. it's pink mug time or it's, I don't know. Yeah, because they're twins. Yeah. Yeah. Twin bananas. What a lovely odd idea. Well, it's funny you say that because Mm. my next note is that the idea was inspired by a popular play school song of the same name. So the song came first. Oh, and then I didn't they know went, that. Mm, and then they went, we have outlined a synopsis for an excellent television mm. program. Let's make <laughs> Extremely it. Extremely successful. I had no idea. I yeah. thought it was like that the theme song of Bananas and Pajamas was something they would sing on Play School. Yeah, other way around. Kind of like how Pirates of the Caribbean is inspired by the ride. Yeah. Mm, exactly the same thing. Mm, exactly well, the same. Look, it's almost as internationally renowned. Mm. <laughs> it's it's all over the world. It's dubbed in multiple languages. The bananas are a key export of Australia, and I stand by it. Just because bananas in pajamas sounds really good. Yeah, that's why cultural capital. Mm. Yeah, one of the key writers was Deborah Oswald, who was a renowned playwright and screenwriter. She wrote Secret Life of Us and Offspring. Uh, another writer was Bola Castra, who is now a politician. Mm. He's been a councillor for the city of Gold Coast since 1997. There you go. And Monica Tripaka. <gasps> is that how you say her name? I'm never sure. We'll ask her when we get mm. her on the show. Oh, she, please. We will. Monica, mm. like, you're at the top of the list, babe. Come mm. on. It could be Trapaga. Um, we will do a mm. play school episode, but oh, yeah. we're holding off until we secure Monica. <laughs> mm. uh, and she she sung the theme song. Oh, her. yes, of course. Yeah. She, she's a jazz singer as well. She's yeah. amazing. We will not go yeah, on this and, tangent. I love Monica. No, no. I just wrote, duh. She's my favorite play school presenter. Yeah, same. Everyone's favorite aunt. I met her briefly as an adult. She was really nice. It was, oh. I was very professional. I'm still really upset that I wasn't there. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we can't we can't we'll come go back on to this it. Yeah. So the spooky animated version of the show was mm. created in 2011 and only ran till 2013. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, the bananas were featured in the closing ceremony of the 2000 Olympic Games. Wow, that's how iconic. Yeah, that's yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. And in 2017, the Royal Australian Mint produced a commemorative set of five cent and twenty cent coins oh, to mark the 25th not, anniversary. Not the two dollars. And also, I've no, not seen those squiggles. either. No, if I ha- again, if you have one of those coins, I will pay not good money, but some money. <laughs> Three dollars. Get in touch. I've yeah. seen that because all the possum magics they seem to be everywhere on the two dollar coin. Yeah, but it's the first. Coloured five cent coin, oh, apparently. Never yeah. seen it. No, me neither. Maybe I have Wild. to buy things with cash. Too hard, especially yeah. five cent. Yeah. You get mm. Would you like to go to the next image, Jess? Yes. yes like is probably not the right. Ah! <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay, so I will. I will describe it, but before I do, just like hold hold in your mind, um, listeners, that as a as a child we had one of these because um, Grandpa had one. Having done some, I think, human resources work on this show, as it come when we get to it. Okay, so it has the shape. 
of a human <laughs> baby. Um, <laughs> the arms are a bit off. I think they're wooden. The body looks like it's it's either knitted or it's hessian. You can see the dint where eyes should be. There's no hair. There are ears. Suggestion of a nose. There's no mouth. It is just like a blank-faced baby doll. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've just described EC from Liftoff. Mm. Which, Congratulations. I love Liftoff. I think it was such a good show. It's a very good show. And I wasn't and scared of EC. <laughs> Somehow EC was fun. That maybe because you had a one in the flesh. Yeah, I think so. But looking back at it now as an adult, like having seen clips, it's just like, my God. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah. kind of grubby. Like, don't they find it in a bin? And then it's like a sentient doll. Yeah, it got it got dirtier and dirtier as the seasons progressed, according to my sources, mm. which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> so Liftoff was broadcast on the ABC mm-hmm. <laughs> from 1992 until 1995. It included live action children and puppets. Yeah. yeah. And the guy who's the bad guy in everything of this era, um, he's the bad guy in Round the Twist. He's the bad guy in oh. um, Genie from Down Under. And this he's called oh, Mr. Yeah. Fish. I think he was also like Con the, Con the Fruiterer was his comedy character. Mr. Fish. Mr. Fish. He was. Oh, he, I think he was the landlord of the hotel or something. Do they live in a hotel? Something like that. Look, I just Googled that and so many different fish and chip shops came up So, because mm. I'm in Queensland. So that's yeah. not something that we're going to get into right now. <laughs> but no, he's in Round the Twist is the big one. Amazing. I, I believe it. Mm. Um, so Liftoff was actually quite an undertaking. It was linked to the school curriculum. Uh, the various curriculums because there were different state ones at the time. And it was about a group of Australian children navigating life and the problems they face along the way. And the main, the child actors that were in the show aged between four to ten. And they all came from very different cultural, social, family, ethnic, all sorts of different backgrounds, um, which is nice. Mm. And the show was created with a huge amount of consultation done with children, with educators, with experts, Mm. so that it actually was quite quite a significant undertaking in that, yes, it was entertainment, but it was really educational and it was kind of like therapy. Yeah, well, that's where I wonder what – I should have asked Dad what what Grandpa did because he – I know he had things to do with – well, what was his job at the well, time? Because he did a bunch of different stuff. Like, because I know he had like developed like curriculum and things like Catholic education, but also he was an organizational psychologist. Because yeah, so he could, he have, could been have been either of those things. Yeah, some sort of or human resources thing. I remember he had a really good really T-shirt because it's got a good logo. Is it the Australian Children's Television something? It's yes. got like a, a circle and there's like a little, it looks like a bit of a yellow sun, but it's like a little happy face in the corner. It's really cute. Yeah, and it was them that developed this show mm. um, and they based, they had, they kind of had a list of criteria that they needed to meet for the show. So they basically just wanted to create something that empowered children, that taught them curriculum links, that um, allowed them to explore and discuss their feelings. It was, it was school and therapy and entertainment all at the mm. same time which is wild 
Yeah, and I was entertained. Yeah. And I had group therapy with thousands mm. of children around the nation. <laughs> and like talking backpacks and there's like pigs and yes. a wolf and stuff. Was it Wackadoo, yes. the cafe? Yes. Mm. So the episodes would feature, um, as well as the live action, would also feature animation and puppetry, songs, documentary segments, stories, games, like all sorts of stuff within them. And EC is the doll that Mm. we all have etched in our memories. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, EC actually stands for Every Child Mm. and is an animated magical rag doll. And it's intentionally meant to appear as genderless. Um, as mm. well as raceless, so that any kid could relate to EC. So EC was often put in a position of vulnerability or something like that, so that, one, the child actors didn't have to, you know, be put in those places, but also so that any child watching this show could look at this thing and go, mm. yeah, that could be me, which is kind of nice. Mm. And Luke Carroll, who also used to host Play School, was on the show. He played Paul Jordan, who was an Indigenous boy, and he was half-brothers with one of the other kids in the show. Um, I actually didn't know Luke was on Liftoff. I've worked with Luke Mm. on Black Diggers, and I know Luke. And (laughs) in doing research for this podcast, I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Like this entire time. Yeah, because it's another one of those things Mm. where I watched that as a kid, and then mm. as an adult, I've worked in theatre and film and whatever and, you know, you come across some of these people and you just don't realise, you don't yeah. need to get that because you re-meet them as adults. Mm. So that blew my mind. But I wanted to talk about Luke because there's actually a really beautiful video of him that you can watch uh, where he was interviewed by the ABC very recently mm. talking about Liftoff and EC. And, cause, and I think they chose him because he's been hosting Play School and so, you know, the they wanted to get someone who's like, yeah, I did this as a kid and I do it as an adult and mm. these are my feelings. But he said a lot of kids watching it who I've met as adults were terrified <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, but it never scared me. I used to always look forward to rocking up to the set and grabbing EC. Cute. So EC, yeah, EC was supposed to represent every child. It was a blank canvas for anything you wanted it to be. So EC was a representation of a kid's imagination. Oh, well, that's nice. It's very nice. And there's something in giving kids like a safe fright, you know? It's It's character building. Yeah, it's scary, but it's not too scary. Would you like to go to the next image? Okay. Wow. All right. So there's a group. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them are people, unless I'm much mistaken. Um, And they. Correct. They look either like people that I work with, who I run creative workshops for teenagers with, um, mm-hmm. and they also look like they all probably went to art school. Um, and then they've got some other friends who all have yep. quite quite distinctive um, eyes. There's a lot of white around the pupils. You know, they've, they've very much got their eyes open. They're a bit grubby, kind of. Um, one's a pink rabbit. It's got a bow. One's a fox, seems to be wearing a singlet. Um, there's a kind of a punk cat, I think. She seems to have a bit of an earring. Um, and then at the back, 
who seems to be holding up its hand behind one of the people's heads as if to like, you know, do whatever kids do at the back of photos, that it's it's a it's a rat. Ding ding ding. <laughs> You've just described the ferals. Mm-hmm. Oh, precious memories. Did they live at a TV station? Did they run a TV station? We'll get we will explain. Yes, this is a common mm. misconception. Because I don't remember people. There are reasons why. Okay. There are reasons why. Yeah. So the ferals ran on, you guessed it, the ABC mm-hmm. from 1994 <laughs> to 95. And the ferals mm. uh, featured a mixture of people and animal puppets. Mm-hmm. And the animal puppets were the ferals. And they are an eclectic group of animals. They lived together in a shed in the backyard of some humans who were university students. So I'm right about art school. Yeah. And so there's the university students and the landlord and they all kind of clash with each other at various times. It's kind of like the Australian Darrow Muppets. Hmm. That is what the visuals say too. Yeah. And then later what you're thinking of, which Mm. is also where my brain goes to when I think of the ferals, In 1995, a a five-minute show was launched called Feral TV. Mm. Yeah, so the ferals had been exploring the sewers and they come across the cable to a TV station and they just start their own TV show. Yeah, because that's what we would have watched because if the other one was only like 93 to 95, depending how often it was rerun, I may never have actually seen it. Feral TV, yeah, ran for a little while, so... Mm. That's what we would have grown up with more likely. Yeah. But, yeah, and their boss was called Kerry and he was a fat, ugly toad. Oh, he was. I forgot about that. And he was um of Kerry Packer, mm. the owner of Channel 9. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty bold. And you wonder why Channel 9 um, and the Murdoch Empire and Packer hate <laughs> the ABC <laughs> so much. Honestly, power to them. Yeah. So, I'll quickly smash through the characters. So there was Rattus P. Rattus, Mm -hmm. and he's the leader. He's the alpha, and that's clearly the rat. And he wore leather. Um, He had a good sense of humor. He loved bad smells. He would taunt the cat. Medigliana, the cat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she would kind of like hit him and stuff like that in Mm. return. And he's obsessed with getting a car. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much based around like, the early series is based around Share House Life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, and, yes, as you mentioned, Mogdaliana, Wide Bottom. Because I remember Radis the Rat, Modigliana the Cat, and then I don't remember the other two freaks. Well, we'll get there. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, her last name officially is Wide Bottom. Wide Bottom. The Cat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she is confident. Mm. She is tough. She is hot-headed. She clashes a lot. She's a sass queen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darren the dog, which you thought was a fox. Ah, oh, I see. It could be a dog. Uh-huh. Darren. Yeah, he's a bit dumb and he always forgets where he's buried his bone. Oh, poor Darren. Yeah. Yeah, but he plays the trope of being dumb, 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 light bulb, save the day. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. 
I see. And then the last one who was my favourite as a child, mm. and I think I would like the cat the most now, mm. was Mixiemtosis, <gasps> the rabbit. Like Mixiemtosis. Yeah. That's quite and funny. Me- yeah, I know. And grim. <laughs> yeah, and as a child, would straight over my head. No. But, yeah, Mixie is like this sweet, cute rabbit. She loves carrots. She loves pink. She's a bit neurotic, but it's mm. really lovely. Um. She, yeah, she's a queen. She's great. I'm going to argue that there's good female role models mm. <laughs> in this show. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Mixie actually went on to have a very successful television career because she hosted ABC Kids. So she would, in between the shows, where, you know, if it wasn't the ABC, there would be ad breaks, she would mm. introduce the upcoming show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I got a postcard from her once and I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere and I'm going to try and dig (sighs) it up and put it on the Instagram if I find it. Does that mean you'd written to the ABC? I wrote to her website and you can find a video that emulates her website on YouTube to this day. That's a bit cute. Yep. Mm. Yep. So fangirl right here. (laughs) Look – there are so many puppets in Australian television. So many. So many. And so I've just got a list of notable mentions mm-hmm. that we're going to go through quickly because okay. I think we've covered the main, the key offenders mm. from the 1990s um, yeah. that most of our listeners would remember. But there are a few important figures that we should quickly address. Next mm. picture, please. Yes, the next picture. Um, there's a lot happening. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a man who's obviously the puppeteer. He's got a visor and some headphones with a microphone and he is shirtless. Um, <laughs> he There's something on his back, I think, as well, or someone behind him has a large puppet. That's another puppet. Okay. Um, but he's, it's, he's got a placard that says Save Blinky's Tree and he's got a puppet of Blinky Bill. I don't yes. think I've ever seen a pup- this version of Blinky Bill. Well, there are multiple versions of Blinky Bill. Mm. And in 84 to 87, there was the new adventures of Blinky Bill, which was the puppetry ah. version. Yeah. So we would have grown up with the cartoon version. Yeah. But there was a puppetry version. And some may say that that really started a trend in mm. children's television in the ABC because that was 87. So Yeah. Well, because one day – I will do a whole episode about Yoram Gross and, and the cartoon Blinky Bill, so we will not go yes. into that. No, we won't. Um, Next image, please. Ah, okay. So just – Do you remember this guy? I do, but I don't remember context. Like it's a – Excellent. It's got a bow tie on. It's got black dead eyes. It's a worm. It's the bookworm from the book place. Which went from 91 to 2003 and it was a series that was set in a library and the hosts would just read songs and sing songs, sorry, read stories and sing songs and then the bookworm would come out and be like, blah, 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 yeah. Because I remember The Worm and I remember a different show, Lizzie's Library Bus, which I think I preferred. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've kept that library memory and pushed The Worm mm-hmm. out. Look, I like The Worm. Hmm. Unpopular opinion. Next image. Ah, wow. Okay, so it's... Yeah, truly haunted. 
old mate. Um, mm. It's just got a 70s energy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Is it the Hey Hate Saturday Darryl guy? Summers. Daryl Summers. Um, so it's a a fluffy bird, but it's pink. It's got a little bit of a mohawk. It's like it's wearing a boa. Yeah. Is it meant to be an ostrich? Yeah, it is. It's Aussie ostrich ah. um, from Hey Hey It's Saturday, which ran from 79, 71 to 99 mm. and was a prime time success, one of the most successful shows in Australia ever. And, yep, Aussie was performed by Ernie Carroll and was the comedic duo to the host, Daryl Summers. Mm. Um, it's not an honourable mention. It's just a mention. Mm. Because yep. that show is not something that we will talk about in depth. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it doesn't deserve our time. But it is important, yeah, to note that that was one of the most famous puppets ever. And I think that's what led to aggro, that situation. Mm. That's my belief. That makes sense. The photos are definitely maybe... taken with the same backdrop, same pink backdrop, aggro yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This may be the most cursed one the next one this is the one earlier when I said I saw a photo and I was frightened (laughs) this is it because I don't know what this is like I Uh, but I've seen it you know I've seen this image Uh but Uh I don't know okay so it's it's humanoid I guess Mm -hmm. um it is a puppet I'm guessing hand puppet or one of those ones Mm -hmm. that's on sticks it's hard to tell it's got like a checkered shirt which is red and then like a green vest Yellow face, open red mouth, freckles, dead eyes, straw, red hair. Who the fuck is you this? Have to... <laughs> <laughs> you have just described Bop, who was the ginger kid on In the Box. Remember Beta Play School? Oh. What's in the box? Oh, in the box? What's I was in just, the box today? I was just going to say, I refuse yeah. to sing the songs. It'll be stuck in my head forever and you've just done it. It's been stuck in my head for a whole week, so you need to deal with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was it? Um, were there other puppets or was it just this one? I think it was just this one from memory. They might have, yeah. Because High Five had this... puppets too. Oh, surely. They did. They all did. One was that only uh, one person could see it. It was their imaginary thing. Oh, yes. Mm. That's right. <gasps> and oh. she's like cause mischief and pop in and out of yes, boxes. That's I why forgot. I remember. You are right. Oh, and I've censored it, whatever it <laughs> was. Anyway, mm. too bad. Too sad. This, this, we'll is, that up later. this is frightening. This is Bob. And it's really hard. There's not there's not many photos of Bob mm. um, on the internet, and all of the ones, half of the ones you do find are blurred. It's like mid action Bob, where he's yeah. like, well, because well, I think like Bob, if he held if he held Bob up to a mirror, he wouldn't you wouldn't see his reflection. <laughs> you know, like he's not. Yeah, he looks like something from a crime scene. He's it's cursed. Quite bad. Yeah. Yeah. The last one is not scary. Yeah, I'm gonna turn away. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yes. It's um a very earnest and poorly dressed human man. Um <laughs> and a slightly cooked looking, but in a fun way. Um, blue owl. That's yep. my simple description. You've just described Giggle and Hoot. Giggle and Hoot. Our most 
uh, modern tale in this episode. Mm. Giggle and Hoot ran from 2009 to 2020. So Jimmy Giggle mm-hmm. is the man and Hoot is the owl. There was also, was it Hootet? There was a lady owl that oh. we brought in later <laughs> in the series. Yeah. Hootet or Hootel or, you know, mm. the, the girl version. Um, yeah. And it was on the ABC as well. Mm. And Hoot was Jimmy's best friend, which is nice. They look happy And Jimmy together. Giggle, yeah, very wholesome. And Jimmy mm. Giggle was played by Jimmy Rees, who has now become a, a TikTok sensation because he finished Giggle and Hoot in 2020 and then the pandemic happened. Mm. And so he, he, like, finished his job, went into lockdown and was like, well, I have all this spare time and creative energy. I'm going to make skits on the internet and he's actually kind of funny like mm. it's a, some of them are a bit naff but he's the guy that does all of the um the guy that comes up for the names of packaging of things like how to package things guy i don't have, have tiktok um trending on the internet they trend boomers love him they post it on facebook oh interesting like, oh so funny like my mum posted him just mm. like so funny haven't experienced um, this. But I guess like yeah, because but yeah, that's his like thing the, all the, the babies who've grown up with Giggle and who are the people on TikTok for the most part. They are because it started in 2009. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where his audience is. I think he's been is. quite strategic. Mm. Good on him. Yeah. And that is my tale for today if we were to go through all of the puppets we would be here for a thousand years but in saying that if you've missed any please send them through send a photo of a puppet or a weird costume from a tv show and there we know that there are other spooky australian tv shows that aren't puppets that Mm. we may dedicate an episode to but um yeah this is this is puppet specific um yes yeah how do you feel i feel okay um, I'm going to think, I'm just going to flick back to look at some puppets that I like. Um, okay. Would you rather? I'm just going to gaze at the bananas. I'm going to do one now. of my youth arts check-ins with you. Okay. Would you rather be Bop the Cursed Ginger mm-hmm. <laughs> for one hour of a day, every mm-hmm. day of your life, or EC? <laughs> For one hour a day, for every day of your life. And you can't pick the hour. You just turn into that puppet at one point. EC, because EC can be anything. EC is your imagination. Bop is yeah. the <laughs> devil. <laughs> and on that note, my sources are <laughs> the World Encyclopedia of Puppetry Arts. Did you write that? No. <laughs> and neither did one of my family members. Uh, Larrikin Puppets, Screen Australia, which I have an excellent article on this topic, by the way. Hmm. The ABC, naturally. <laughs> Wikipedia, Pedestrian, and the Bananas in Pyjamas quiz, How Much Do You Know?, which the ABC released a couple of years ago as a celebration of Bananas in Pyjamas. I only got 50% of the quiz correct, which wow. is sad, but that's that okay. Sad. Well. It's fine. Maybe you should post. I'll do it again later. Post the quiz <laughs> to our socials. Yeah, I will. I'll share it. Mm, that'll be nice. Sleep well, everyone. <laughs>
You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Australianorama or chuck us an email at australianorama at gmail.com um, and join us next week where I'm going to be telling Maddie all about something that has been hiding in plain sight for most of us. Um, it's fizzy or physical culture. Strap in. Strap in.